What's up, what's up, bitches? It's your host, Leah Sauer, and I'm so excited that all of you are back for another week. This week, I don't have a guest on, so it's just me and you listening. Well, I guess you guys are listening. I'm talking. But anyways, it's just the two of us. So this episode, I get to give you guys a little update on what I've been doing, what I'm going to be doing, and I get to talk about some of the shows that I've been dying to talk about with all of you. Some of you may be watching, some of you may not be, but maybe I can convince some of you to watch the shows after you listen to this episode. If you haven't already been watching the Love is Blind series, first of all, get on that. I need you guys to watch that show. It's such a good show, and it's just really nice to have on kind of like as background entertainment. You don't really have to commit too hard to watching it. You can tune in to the pieces that you want to pay attention to. Always the most fun episodes are in the beginning when all of the couples are meeting one another for the first time. But anyways, there's three seasons out. The third season just came out. And I definitely also want to recommend watching this show because sneak peek, I am having on a guest next episode who was on season two of Love is Blind. She has had a lot going on in her life lately that I can't wait to kind of hear her side of things and also just hear more about the show and what it was like doing the entire process and get some behind the scenes scoop for you all. Actually, I think I can go ahead and just say who the guest is just because I've already talked to production and we have everything set up. So it'll be Danielle Rule. Check her out on Instagram if you want. But I think it's going to be such a fun episode to do. And I think it's going to give us a lot of background behind Danielle that we weren't able to see on the show. Getting into Love is Blind season three. So It's kind of the same premise as the first two seasons. There are five couples in total that ultimately pair up and, you know, want to get engaged and propose. So I'm going to go through those couples and kind of talk about who I predict is going to make it. And ultimately, I think I could see them saying yes at the end. I also have to say that if you don't already follow me on TikTok, Go follow the podcast on TikTok because this is some of the things that I've been talking about that's been popping off lately. So I definitely want to make sure that I get to talk about it on the podcast too so that new listeners that I'm connecting with on other social platforms um, kind of get to hear me talk about some of the content that initially drew them to my account in the first place. But anyways... Getting into the couples, I'm going to start with Cole and Zanab, and I'm not sure if I'm saying her name correctly, so literally my sincerest apologies if I'm not, but that's just how I think I heard them say it on the show. But anyways, this couple, um, Cole's pretty young. We find out pretty early on that he has a prior marriage, ended in divorce after four months, so he's a little bit of a red flag. I'm trying not to judge too harshly anybody, but... You know, that's what we know about Cole. Um, And Zanab seems like a super level-headed, like career-oriented kind of woman who knows what she wants. Um, That's my opinion of them initially. Uh, Together, I think that they're completely incompatible. I think that that's a theme in a lot of the couples that are on this season of Love is Blind. 
also they are intimate their first night together. And I just think that's a mistake in terms of you don't know what you're going to expect the first morning anyways when you're getting engaged to someone that you really don't know that well. But to throw on the added element of intimacy, I think that that makes things even harder because everybody reacts differently um, after their first time having sex together pretty much. So I'm not judging them to be clear because I think it was too soon or like not something that I would do. I just think that it adds another layer of potential awkwardness for them. And you can kind of tell on the morning when they wake up. My second opinion of this couple um, is that Cole seems super young. Like everything he does is very immature in terms of the way he expresses love to, to Zanab. And he also seems to really pick apart their roles as male and female in a relationship. And I just thought that that was a little bit odd and also like idealistic to pin on her right away before they're even married and before they've even known each other to want to know what her role in the relationship as far as cooking or keeping the house will be. On to Raven and SK. I had a lot of doubt in my mind about Raven because she was so rude in the pods to Bartiste when she was talking to him. Like if you don't watch the show and you're just still listening to this, um, this guy was bearing his soul to this woman. And while he was doing that, she was doing a Pilates workout circuit the entire time. So it shows him talking about his trauma from childhood and she's doing jumping jacks, floor sits, wall sits, downward dog. I mean, she, she's not paying him any attention to the point where he can hear her clapping from the jumping jacks and he addresses the fact that she wasn't listening to him at all so that's background on raven she ultimately doesn't end up with that guy but that's kind of what i was thinking about her as she approaches her relationship with sk um sk seems really cool he has a very mellow and chill personality which i think will be like a yin and yang in their personality and dynamic just because she's high strung, very active, always doing something. And he seems to be able to chill out and just sit there with himself. So they could potentially end up bringing out the best of each other if they allow themselves to really lean into those opposites in their relationship. Another thing that's interesting about their relationship is that SK comes from a polygamous family, like his family back home. Um, his father has multiple wives. So I thought it was interesting that they added like a diverse cultural background because we don't really get to see a lot of diversity on these shows. So I like that, you know, that's an element to their relationship that other couples aren't facing. On to Colleen and Matt. So Colleen is the girl that Cole the guy who had a four-month marriage, I think really wanted to pursue. I'm not sure what turned him off in specifics to her, but spoiler alert, once he sees Colleen in person, I think that he ultimately wishes that he had pursued her more. Um, and they kind of did get on well before he had just called it quits out of nowhere. But she ends up ultimately with this guy named Matt. He's very reserved. He seems super loving. He's kind of like that golden retriever boyfriend, um, you know, that seems like he's always there and just super supportive. So because Colleen is this huge romanticist, I do think that ultimately they could potentially work out for marriage. Um, I do want to say that he was her third choice. So that kind of gives the relationship a little bit. 
of a disadvantage, but we'll see what happens and we'll see if they end up staying together. I think it's possible, like I said, because it seems like he's a romantic, she's a romantic, and both of them came on the show with the true goal of getting married and finding a forever love, whoever that is. (laughs) On to Brennan and Alexa. This is definitely the show's most compatible couple. If you watch the previous seasons, you know that Lauren and Cameron are just the golden couple of Love is Blind, and it seems like for season three, this is the couple that they're pegging that role on. Um, And you know, they're doing a good job so far. Brennan is super likable. He has no douchey qualities. Um, It seems like he respects women. It seems like he just has a respectful attitude in general, but he's not too stuck up. Like he was talking about, um, how he gets Botox with Alexa, um, the girl that he's engaged to. And I thought that that was kind of funny that even though they've barely known each other, their conversations seem to be pretty lighthearted and just transparent about normal things that they do. Alexa also comes from a family where she says that they call each other like pussies and they insult each other um, and they're always joking around and being super sarcastic. So I like that she's not like all of the rest of the girls necessarily, where she's so infatuated and head over heels Cinderella love story. And it seems like it's just more authentic between the two of them. On to the last couple in the group is Bartiste and Nancy. Um... To be fair, I liked Bartiste at first. I felt bad for him when Raven was rude to him while he was trying to talk about his childhood. But as the episodes went on, I just grew to dislike him even more. I thought that it was really distasteful how when he broke things off with Raven, he had thrown money around the room to kind of make a joke that her job as a bartender was like a stripper. I also thought it was really distasteful, and here's another spoiler alert, that when he sees Raven, that he goes back to the room and tells Nancy, the girl he's engaged to, that he had a moment of being like, fuck, Raven is super attractive. She's everything I would pursue in the real world. Um, And he didn't have that feeling of clarity like Nancy did when she saw all of the other men. I thought that that was really rude and something that he could have left out and This is a couple that has a little bit of an age difference. He's 25, she's 31. I think that that shows in how he handled that situation. So I don't think this couple is going to work out. If they do, all the power to them. But I don't think that marriage is in the cards. That's my breakdown. That's what I've been talking about on TikTok. So sorry, guys, about 10 or 11 minutes of me talking about the show, but we're on to something else. I hope that if you haven't watched the show, that I can convince you to watch it, and hopefully I didn't give too much away. Um, But not all the episodes are out, so it's not like I know everything either. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that I made a post and a poll asking everybody when they should take down or when do they take down pictures of an ex on social media. This question was sent to me by so many people who were just kind of dying to hear me talk about it on the podcast. So for all of you listening, here you go. Here's the results. So on the poll, 53% of people said right away, 13% said never if it's a good breakup, and 33% said that they would take them down after a few months. So essentially, keeping the pictures up forever was kind of in the minority. I'm sure that there are exceptions to this. For example, if you have a child with your 
ex, I'm sure that you would leave some photos up, especially if your child is in the photo. It's not like you want to get rid of all of that. Um, if you are still friends with them, I guess. I'm like just trying to like grasp at reasons why you would keep them up, I guess. Um, I guess if you're still friends with them, you would keep the photos up. But I think for the most part, if you're going to explore a new relationship or get back in the dating world, most people would take down the photos, especially remove them if they were like your profile picture or whatever. I think most people think that they would take them down. In my own experience, I took them down because it didn't feel like it was an important part of my life anymore. Like that's just not where I was. And I think it's kind of similar to when you look back on those pictures of yourself that you once had posted of yourself in high school and prom or just kind of cringy high school stuff. It just felt like an old version of me that wasn't important to where I was going in the future. Um, So it didn't need to just stay on my social media to think about or have people ask questions about because I was heading in a different direction, Um, similar to how I took down a lot of pictures from high school or middle school when I was posting my disgusting DiGiorno pizza after school. You know, sometimes you just take stuff down. And while we're on the topic of social media, let's just throw out there that everybody knows a couple that they have stalked since high school that was together or since college that posted consistently and then all of a sudden all the photos are taken down and you text in the group chat like what the fuck do you think they're not together what is the scoop so yeah like social media for no reason at all always creates conversation so the less people know about you the better um i'm trying to get in this season of less is more Um, And that was one of the other things that I wanted to talk about in this episode anyways, but less is more in terms of giving energy, what you share, or just being selective about the things that you're sharing. I think it's great that, um, you know, you share goals and that people share goals. But one thing that I've become more cautious to lately is that not everybody is always going to have the best intention for you. Um, and I'm saying this as I'm sitting next to my evil eye, like, you know, you never know if someone's going to be rooting for you. And some people aren't not assuming the worst of people, but it's just best to keep a lot of things to yourself. Um, you know, at least until they're, for sure. Like until everything is positive, then then you can tell people. Um, But still just like be selective with your close friends about what you're telling them, because sometimes sharing things is a special thing. Because if you're not happy for yourself, then that doesn't even matter how happy everyone else is. So it's sometimes a special secret you can have with yourself when you keep certain things private. And social media is not the gatekeeper to happiness and showing everything off in your life. For the rest of our life, we have Thanksgiving approaching, Christmas approaching. It's just holiday season. It's coming. And this is the time where everybody buckles down and they start making lists about how to get their house tidy, who's coming over when, what gifts they have to shop for, who's bringing what. And it's a lot of time of overextending ourselves. So That's another thing that I want to be conscious of, and I think that everyone should be conscious of as we go into the holiday season. And I know that that's a lot easier said than done because I myself am a habitual people pleaser, but we have to do it because if we have nothing left in our pot, 
then we have nothing to give to anyone else. And sometimes by giving less, planning less, you know, agreeing to do less, we have more space to give to others and to be present with the people that we love the most and have the opportunity to see around this holiday season. So if that means that instead of making three things at Thanksgiving, you're just going to make one so that your household isn't arguing, fucking do that. You know, no one's going to be mad at you for not making three things. I read this quote the other day that was like, no one's going to be mad at you for not going to the party. You know, no one's paying attention to anything that anybody else does. And that even goes when we are overextending ourselves. When we do things for others, the reward is not going to come from them noticing that we're doing it. And a lot of times people don't. Like they have no idea the effort that goes into something so small. So just satisfy yourself, take a step back. I think all of us should try to do less this season and these next couple months. And if you agree with this at all, let me know because I don't want to be alone in this, but I really think that's a good motto for the season. And don't not do things because then the seasonal depression comes in, but just do things that make you happy. You know, read a book, tend to your plants inside your house, start a new TV show, I don't know, do anything, do anything that doesn't cause you stress and gives you the ability to zen out and come back to the people around you. Just really pleasure yourself this holiday season. So speaking of holiday seasons, mine is going to look a little bit different this year. I'm finally off of the West Coast, which you all know if you've been listening to the prior episodes, but we just recently found a cute little cottage in New Jersey. So that's where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in New Jersey starting out over there. Um, So I'll be closer to my family who's out here in Ohio, able to visit easier for holidays and spend them kind of, you know, in both states. But the holidays will just look and feel a little bit different. Each year in California, I was used to doing a Friendsgiving with my friends. So for the last four years, I found a group of friends who I love and adore, and we would get together and, you know, celebrate. And same around Christmas, there would be some sort of like drinking party with hot chocolate bombs where we would get together. So this being the first year without it, things just feel different. Um, And I was really excited about the move, and I still am, but I think it's good to be transparent and say that it is pretty nerve-wracking, you know, starting out new again. I'm sure that I'm going to find friends just the same as I did when I was in California, because like I just mentioned, I found friends that I adored, you know, after four years of being there, um, and I'm missing now. But you always feel super vulnerable going to a new place and just hoping that you find your people. Um, And being an adult, it's so much harder, you know, when you're 27, 28 years old the limits to where you meet your friends is pretty slim and you don't want to just have your identity based off of your partner um, and the people that they bring in your life. You want a little bit of autonomy. So that's me being real for a second on what I'm feeling about the move. Um, And if you guys are ever planning on moving, that's kind of what it feels like when you get to a new place or before you get to a new place um, when you're leaving the people behind that you're comfortable with. But I know that all change is good. I know that new energy, new people are always good and, you know, refreshing. So I'm hoping that this is going to be just as positive for me as I think it will be. And I think that we always end up down the roads where we're supposed to. So hopefully you guys can watch me go down a really cool path these next couple months and year. 
I really want to do a fun Christmas themed episode, just throwing that out there for thoughts in advance of where I drink like Christmas beer, whatever, holiday ale, eggnog, whatever it be with a guest and get kind of buzzed on the show, you know, and talk about some hot tea. So I want to do more holiday episodes. I know that Halloween hasn't even came, but I'm still thinking months in advance. Also, I think I'm not the only person who's just really not that excited about Halloween this year. I don't know what it is about Halloween 2022, but I don't have a costume. I'm not really even sure that any sort of party is going to be, you know, in our cards this year, but my friends too, like it doesn't seem like anybody really has any like extravagant plans for Halloween this year. And it seems like overall, it's going to be a pretty mellow Halloween. If you guys have raging plans though, message me and let me know so that I can live vicariously through all of you, obviously. I know that some of you are probably wondering, where is the interview with Nate Mitchell? Well, it's coming. (laughs) Basically, we got together and connected, and we were going to do our episode together, and he had lots of technical difficulties, which no problem. Everyone knows how that goes and how unstable Wi-Fi can be. So we are going to reconvene, and I'm super excited because I'm using a new software for recording, so I'll be able to share a lot more clips of my episodes on my social media platforms like Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, so that you guys can see more of the interviews um, besides just listening to them. But so far, Nate seems super cool, funny, chilled laid back. Um, I think that he has a lot more to him than just what we've seen of him on The Bachelorette. And I think he knows a lot about the men that were there in the house too, um, you know, and, you know, some of the interesting things about them. So I can't wait to bring all of that to you and to kind of find out all of the fun behind the scenes information. And the whole process of doing the interview is really interesting as well. So Stay tuned because I want to see what I can reveal to you guys about, you know, what I've had to go through to get this interview, um, you know, and kind of like what the process is like during the interview. But this is going to be a really fucking good interview. So I'm super excited for both my interview with Nate and Danielle coming up. And I can't wait to just keep talking to people, um, you know, that you guys are interested in and to keep growing Positively Uncensored, both on our podcast together, who we talk to, um, the things that we cover on this podcast, and like all of our social platforms. And I say our because anybody listening, it pretty much feels like a family at this point. If you've been loving the episodes, as I hope you all have been, then you know by now that I'm going to ask you to subscribe, share with a friend, make sure you're following me on TikTok. If you are following me on TikTok or if you follow me on a social platform that you aren't already following me on, make sure to shoot me a message on Instagram or wherever you follow me at so that I can get your contact information, send you a letter and a sticker. But I really want to connect with all of you and just keep growing. Can't wait to see where this journey takes all of us and can't wait for next week's episode with Danielle Rule either. So tune in then, set your calendars and have a great week.